Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in, 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Oh, sports. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Happy New Year. We're kicking off. 2016 with a wow. bang. So you're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on this first Monday in January. Wow. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, your emails to today at gmail.com. Check out the website, rayandtaytoday.com. We're interactive, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We are here for you. Tune in. We're we're just everywhere. But you know what? It's, as I like to call it, Pink Monday because cats are getting pink slips, not Black Monday to be confused with Black Friday and being in the black as a successful company, Ray. But you know what? It's it's sort of sad. Only one coach today. We'll get into it in a minute. NFL playoffs, some of the college football recap, the college basketball top 25, and we have a new segment on the rise where we're looking at some players that we think are about to take over or at least take a new level in the NFL. Ray, I start with you. We start in New York. We have some coaching jobs that are unsettled yet. We're waiting for Indianapolis, New Orleans, stuff like that. But we say goodbye to a probably maybe a Hall of Fame coach, Tom Coughlin, 12 years with the Giants, two Super Bowls, 15 years total as an assistant and head coach with the New York Giants. And I think he saw or read the writing on the wall and just decided – to resign, or maybe they came to that together because the Tish and Mara family have such class, such a stable organization. What did you think put it over the edge for this decision to happen, and is it the correct decision for the New York Giants and Tom Coughlin? It's absolutely the correct decision, and I'm surprised it didn't happen earlier. But the Giants, like you said, are a class organization. If you look back at his numbers – even when they won the Super Bowl, they were 9-7. and seven. So his best season in the last 10 was 10-6. and six. He had, I think it was seven sub-500 seasons, didn't make the playoffs six out of seven years. So here's a guy, a lot like Eli Manning, who had two <laughs> spectacular years and had two good years, and had eight poor years. So, you know, it's always like, it's like what we used to say to fans. Remember we said to fans, would you rather be the Philadelphia Eagles under Andy Reid, go to five NFC championships and one Super Bowl, or would you rather be the Tampa Bay Bucks and win the Super Bowl in 2002, but really not be relevant for most of your, you know, for most of the decade of the 2000s. So it's a little yeah. extreme, but but 
the Giants are the perfect example of that under Coughlin and Manning, under that regime of the hit-or-miss franchise. You know, they have never really been consistently, you know, above average. But or even dominant. <laughs> Definitely or, not. Right. Uh, yeah, you're right. Not even dominant. I'm not saying not even above average. But the two years where they caught lightning in a bottle, they went all the way. So you got to give him credit for that. you got to give him credit for, and both of those Super Bowls were so difficult. The first one winning three in a row on the road, right? Tampa, Dallas, and Green Bay. And then in the second one, also nine and seven. Yeah, it's. I think yeah. they were four and seven, and they won five in a row. And you know, he caught lightning in a bottle. So you give him credit. And 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 two miracle catches, maybe. You know, some people will say the Patriots, you know, really were the better team in both and should have won both. But let's move forward. We we sort of know how that is. And I think the Giants are so classy. You know, tomorrow I think it's at ten thirty. They have a press conference. They'll do everything together. Together, he'll be in the Ring of Honor eventually. So they're let it breathe for a day and a half. But we said this months ago on the show. The writing was on the wall. We could we could smell it like the like the Louisiana, uh, Louisiana gumbo. Pay, uh, Sean Payton is talking to Mickey Luke, uh, Loomis as we speak, who's more focused on the Pelicans than he is on the Saints. And I think the man could be had for a second round pick, or a second round pick and then some. In three days, is Sean Payton going to be the next head coach of the New York Giants? Quite possible. Uh, let's just say that I think his days in New Orleans are over. So now it comes down to where does Sean Payton want to be? And very likely that he'll be a New York Giant. If you think about it, there are a couple of decent jobs out there. I mean, usually when people turn over, it's because the jobs are terrible. And they're right. rebuild situations. We have a couple but of good situations. The Giants, the Eagles, I mean, those are decent jobs. Uh, some of the other ones are, we'll see, we'll see uh, you know, Miami. Yeah. Um, well, you have you historic know. jobs. Niners and the Dolphins are historic. Titans but and Browns. But roster-wise, yes, they're not there. Yes. Well, I think Miami actually has a talented roster. I think they, I think they're not that far away. Underachieving, but talented. I the question that. that you have with some of these organizations is the organization itself. Cleveland's a mess. Miami, you know, whatever. The Niners, you know, it, it, you just wonder who's sort of running this. You know, Cleveland now they gave the analytic guy the, you know, final say on roster moves. The coach is going to kind of hire the next GM. I mean, I don't know if Jimmy Haslett knows what he's doing there. And, you know, they're probably going to move on from Manziel. So at the number two pick, um, Titans have one, Browns have two, and maybe a two they go with Peyton Lynch or, or Jared Goff. But to me, Giants and Eagles have got to be the top two jobs available. It looks like uh, Chuck Pavano is probably going to hold on to that cult job, which he should, and maybe the Saint job comes available. Um, let me ask you this, though. Do you think that Chip Kelly will get one of these six or potentially, if the Saints open up, seven jobs? There's rumors of him maybe Tennessee or the Niners. What are your thoughts on that? What has Chip Kelly proven? I mean, uh, you know, he, he can be a head coach. Six. Yeah, I think he's proven that. I think he could be he a good He could be head a coach. head coach, but, but no more under, grocery shopping. 
Exactly. I was about to say, but under normal situation. I mean, he got treatment like Bill Parcells gets. You know, he got a lot of respect, and he was coming from the college ranks, and he had an innovative offense and an innovative program. But to me, he was way, way above his pay grade. And he needs to just be a head coach. He needs to have a strong uh, – same with, same with Sean Payton, by the way. He needs to have a strong defensive coordinator and a very active GM. So if you give him that, then, yeah, sure, he's he's an offensively you know talented guy, and he brings some innovative ideas. But but he shouldn't be given carte blanche like he was in Philly. That was a big mistake. I totally agree. I could see him either with Kaepernick or Mariota and making either one of those work with his system. Sean Payton's also rumored to the Niners. I want to throw out these names, though, of the sort of usual suspects that are going to get interviews, and some of them have never had head coaching jobs, although Mike Smith from Atlanta has been thrown in there to interview with the Dolphins. Um, defensive coordinator Ter- Terrell Austin, um, who's done great with the Lions, and I think Caldwell will keep his job, winning six out of the last eight for Detroit. They showed up pretty good. Uh, Doug Marone, offensive line coach in Jacksonville, who you know it was sort of weird how he left Buffalo. And Adam Gaze, and Adam Gaze, who's getting a lot of love, and also McDaniels from the Patriots. Are any of those offensive or defensive guys, do you like any of those names? Or if you're the Niners, do you want to try to say, please, Coach David Shaw, stay in the Bay Area, leave Stanford, and come to the Niners? I'd love to see David Shaw coach at the Niners. I mean, I think that's one of the only jobs yeah. he'd take. He would take the yes. Oakland job or the Niners job. And uh, yeah, if Oakland stays in, in Oakland. Bay area, <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, even if they move to L.A. Yeah. I mean, I think L.A., you know, Palo Alto is not that far. It's still California. Um, and to be a head coach in the NFL, is, as much as the – you know, I hate to say this, but as much as the college coaches say, I want to be a college coach, I'm a college coach, you're always tempted by the NFL, always. And David Shaw is a guy who has NFL roots, coached in the NFL, coached for yeah. Al Davis, so it's possible. As for those other guys, you know what? I don't want to say there has been because they're not. Uh, some of them. No, are they haven't been good. yet. I mean, Adam Gaze, Terrell Austin. I mean, Marone and Mike Smith. Right. Yes, Marone maybe. Was, Smith but they could get was, a second Joshua job. Daniels They've only. Was. Yeah. So you got They've only had one job. You got Steph and Hugh Jackson, in there. Hugh Jackson, Hugh who's Jackson. Been done a great job in Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I would say that all of those guys will get a serious look. And you know what? It comes down to the philosophy, right? Because the pro guys are now back, back on top. Remember, four or five years ago, it was the college guys, and I think that um, you know a couple of the college guys came into the NFL. Jury's still out on whether Chip Kelly is a legitimate NFL coach, but I guess he. He told the rock for the college guys, if you will. So I think Hey, he got Bill Belichick to give him the job. stamp of approval. You know, Belichick was like, hey, the guy needed more time. Belichick had his back. That's pretty impressive. And he beat Belichick. Yeah. No, you know? you're right. You're right. So do the Colts, you know, you don't know what Ursa is going to do, but it looks like they're trying to renegotiate the contract. Should they get rid of the GM, though? I mean, Ryan Grigson, he has not given Pavano 
the proper groceries to even – I mean, going into the season when you and a million other people were picking the coast of the Super Bowl, I was like, you know, I don't believe you. You need more people because they had no O-line, and they really had no D-line. And to me, that's that, – that I blame the general manager. You cannot draft Philip Dorsett in the first round. It just was it, – it was ridiculous to me. So no, do you're you think that right. they switched the GM? That's a GM issue. That's a GM issue. Yeah. Not only that, but – I hate to say it because, you know, we all wrote your boy Andrew Luck into the Hall of Fame, you know, in 10 or 15 years. But Oh, don't say it. He just needs to be healthy. Don't, no, no, don't, no, no, don't say no. it. But yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, all right. I thought right. this one out. I thought this one out. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Luck and guys like him who are that talented start to develop bad habits. If yes. you don't nip it in the bud and start to give him a proper offensive line – and a proper offensive coordinator and a system that can deal with the talent around him and the the, the skill position players that he has, he's going to start to try and do too much. And he's going to get into that habit or he's going to get hurt. So either way, too much, trying to put too much on your shoulders or getting hurt, either way, that's a bad look. And you take the Peyton Manning approach, which is, you know what, they only won one Super Bowl with Peyton, but – they did it right. They built the team around their best player. They gave them the offensive line. They gave them the skill position players. Yeah, they were always weak on, on defense, but you know what? They always had a chance. And so, yeah, and I'm a big defensive guy. You know that. I mean, you are too. Mm-hmm. But you've got to give your best. He's by far their best player. You've got to give him the tools to succeed because he's right at the point in his career where, like we said, get hurt or get bad habits, and either way, that's not good. Totally agree. Let's leave the coaches alone and let's talk about yesterday and the playoff picture being set. Let's start in the AFC, Ray, where you called it the Jets, and there was really no reason for them to lose that game, but it just seemed like from the beginning they just weren't, they were kind of there and weren't there. And and then at the end of the day, it's the same score as it was in New York, 22-17, and Fitzpatrick became Fitzpatrick again, and three interceptions and those last two drives, you know, people were questioning some of the clock management, some of the play calling, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, if Fitz doesn't throw these INTs, especially the last two, maybe it's a different scenario. But do you Fitzy. think we Jet fans expect? Do you think Jet fans expected too much? Because kind of he is, it's like he is what he is. You could try to like put. Uh, you know, polka dots on on him to make him look different. But, no, he's got triangles and he throws interceptions. That's who he is, you know? That's Fitzy being Fitzy, and I told you. But I will say this. Keep this in mind, right? Your Steelers beat the Jets, and and kudos to them for going to Cleveland, taking care of business. But the Jets lost on a tiebreaker, right? So 10-6 and is still a nice season. They won Very five in a season. row leading up to this, and if it weren't for First a tiebreak situation, and if it weren't for some crazy coaching and execution in Kansas City, the Jets would be in the playoffs. Ten and six is a very solid year. So having said that, definitely, I'm, and they're headed in the right direction. For Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's much better than Geno Smith. Geno wouldn't have done this. So at the end of the day, yeah, Fitzy was Fitzy, especially in the fourth quarter. But you know what? He set a Jet franchise record with 31 touchdowns, and he's the reason 
you know, Brandon Marshall had a great year, and Eric Decker had a great year, oh, but he's basically the reason on offense that they, that they are where they are. So, and don't forget yeah. Chris Ivory, a thousand seventy yards, Ivory, sure. fifth, fifth in rushing too. in NFL. Yeah, yeah, no. And look, so, that defense. You hate to see the offsides, though, when EJ Manuel's just like you know trying to draw him off, and Richardson jumps off. You hate to see Muhammad Wilkerson get hurt, but that defense is not going anywhere, and I think next year they can even improve on the 10-6. and six. I really do. Another draft, some free agents. I think the Jets are sure. in a great place. Do, sure. Now, do, you, and do you keep Fitzy, though? Yeah, of course. Why not, I, I, right? mean, I, I mean, unless you get a chance at getting a free agent, but who's out there? I mean, who do you want? Uh, a gentleman Brees? named Drew Brees. Drew Brees might be let go, which is why they're saying Sean Payton might want to leave. Because the Saints want so to start Brees a new. Would be the only guy, and and the Jets could okay. make a legitimate You would take argument. Drew, though. You would take him. I would. Yeah. You you got to go okay. for a Super Bowl, and you would make. I mean, assuming his shoulders okay, and and his and his plantar fascia. You know, that's the new thing now. How's yeah. your plantar fascia? <laughs> <laughs> Feeling okay today. Yeah, I, I, you, you have to. You have to. Just like Denver took a chance on Manning and went to a Super Bowl and may go to a second one. We'll talk about that later. You have to take a chance. You you, you cannot believe that, that Ryan Fitzpatrick takes you to the Super Bowl. But if Drew Brees is available, you get him. Your offense is a Drew Brees away from being really elite. And as long as he's physically okay, yeah, you have to. I totally to roll agree. So crazy. AFC is pretty, pretty Fascinating. Denver gets the one. Peyton comes in on the white horse and, and saves the game. The crazy fumbles and turnovers from Brock weren't really all his fault. But, you know, Manning looked pretty good. And I'm going to throw it to you because the debate is everywhere. And I've heard it from Dion, Nate Burleson, this one, that with former players. It's 50-50 split. When you line up in two weeks – and the coach is not saying what he's going to do yet. Who do you start if you were Kubiak, Brock, or Peyton to oh, go up against? Oh, you know again? me. I, I've said it. I've said it all along, and I'll repeat it. And I think the script played out perfectly. It's Peyton Manning every day of the week. Brock Osweiler might be your guy. He might be your guy next year. But right now you're not winning a Super Bowl with Brock Osweiler as your starting quarterback. Are you afraid that you beating. piss him off? Are you afraid you can't run all no, of the it's offense? it's Peyton Manning. It's Peyton Manning. He's okay. a, he's a poor, you know what I mean? He's a – how many MVPs does he have? Five? Five-time five. MVP? Five. He's a five-time five. MVP, right? You're not doing this to put in, uh, you know, your boy. He's, he's good, uh, and, and I need to take my hat off to him. You're not putting in Tyrod Taylor. Uh, you know what I mean? You're putting in Peyton Manning. And so if Brock Osweiler can't – then he's not mentally strong enough. If he can't understand that Peyton Manning needs to to try to go out and, and the franchise and John Elway believes, and John Elway was in his shoes, uh, was at 96 and 97. He was in his shoes 15 years ago, uh, 20 years ago. So, no, it, it's got to be Peyton Manning. And the, yeah, the no, only yeah, problem no, no, with that no. is he had no arm strength. Did you see the balls he threw? He had no arm strength. What you do, though, but is you tell, Brock, you tell but, Brock be ready. You tell him be ready. Peyton Manning is coming But why can't you tell Peyton half. to be ready? Why can't you tell Peyton to be ready? 
I'm just being playing devil's advocate. I listen to me. I go with Peyton as well because to me, I'd rather lose with my legend than my up and coming okay player. You know, but right now Brock can run what Kubiak wants to run. If you're going to start with Manning, then to me, you need to go a lot of shotgun and hope that the O-line can hold up and that Peyton can run the ball good enough with CJ, who looks healthy, and Hillman. And, and it, you know, hope you get the Super Bowl with the best defense Peyton Manning's ever played with, which is why yeah. I always told you I think the Broncos have a chance. So let's, let's see how this plays out. They're one. The Patriots lose a game to the Dolphins where they're lucky Brady's not, you know, out of it because they were killing him. He's got a sprained ankle. Luckily, he got out of the game, you know, but he, he shouldn't have even been in there that long to get hurt like that. They're the two. The 3-6 matchup, the Bengals against the Steelers, ooh, 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 and the 4-5. I don't know if you really like this matchup. The Texans hosting the Kansas City Chiefs, which I think could actually wind up being a pretty fascinating game, only because the Texans have they've, they've just been playing well, and Alfred Blue give, gives them a running game. Now, we'll pick it on Friday, but right off the bat, what – kind of wet your whistle with with uh the opening wild card round coming up saturday and sunday well your pittsburgh cincinnati rematch is AJ mccarron's going to start and yeah, he's not ready yet going to be interesting and i think that uh once again Marvin vegas Lewis has his favorite <laughs> yeah i was going to say once again vegas is looking at potentially marvin lewis continuing that streak of not winning any not his playoff fault, games. Though. This one is not his fault. No, no I agree with that. Yeah. He did his business. He's had injuries a lot of the years, though. Yeah. Number three seed. Um, Houston, Kansas City. I got to say, that is a very interesting and unpredictable matchup, right? If halfway yes, through the hard. season you would have said Houston and Kansas City are four and five, you'd be, you would have said, What? So that's <laughs> very yeah yeah that's very interesting matchup. That Kansas City Ten in a row, is not getting team. enough credit. You know they're oh, doing okay they're on amazing. offense with Macklin and and Alex Smith and and Ware and West and all that stuff, but that defense is just gangbusters. So yeah, even though they were like a top five be, defense gets a little more credit, I think the KCD is doing more in terms of creating turnovers. <sighs> well, JJ. He led them in sacks again this year and led the NFL 17 and a half sacks. So, you know, you give him credit. He got, I think, what, three and a half yesterday to pass Khalil Mack. Yeah, yeah, uh, 14 Khalil and a half Mack. going into the game. Exactly. Yeah. Behind Khalil Mack, mm-hmm. and then he took care of business. Yeah. And just to clean up, a, I'll just go through this real quick. So Reggie Nelson and, and Peters both had eight interceptions to take the interception title. So great for the defensive rookie. J.J. got his sacks, like we said. Tackles, props to our boy Navarro Bowman, 154 tackles. He was four ahead of DeQuail Jackson. But good DeQuail. for Bowman coming back. Yep. In yards, nobody had a 5,000-yard season, which could be surprising, but 48-70, your boy Drew Brees was number one. Phillip Rivers, who had a bad season, but he was number two with over 47, 47-92. Then the leading rusher, as we all heard last night, and we'll get to the NFC playoff picture, of course, goes to your boy, AP, who – 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you would judge it. I mean, you know, he only had 1,400 yards. I mean, that's not well, a great. It isn't, but look, there were only 7,000-yard rushers. And when you go from AP yeah. at 1485 and Doug Martin at 1402, your number three <laughs> rusher in the NFL was Todd, Todd Gurley, yeah, who rookie. only played in, what, 10, 11 games? And yeah. he had 1,100 yards. So clearly, amazing. we're not running. Yeah, the ball it's not a rushing league anymore. And when Darren McFadden, who didn't play all the games either, is your fourth leading rusher, it's just a statement. It's a statement. But Julio was number one with 1871. And let me tell you, right on his tail with 1834, the uh, number one receiver last year in yardage, Antonio Brown. But do you know that he was only. Uh, seven off of Marvin Harrison's Marvin record Harrison for reception 143, of yeah. 145. Yeah. So, I mean, that was insane what Antonio did. Had 13 catches yesterday for like 187 and a touchdown. Right. And if, and and if he either missed, of them had stayed healthy, think about right, that. Right. He missed, I think, one week. And, and he didn't have Ben for, what, four games or three and a half games? Yeah. Something crazy like that. So that's an amazing season for Antonio and, you know, props to him. So let's go to the NFC because I think the MVP lies there. And I also think this playoff picture is going to be fascinating. So Sunday night football, you had the AFC right. I had the NFC right. I called it with the, uh, the Vikings taking care of the Packers. Uh, Green Bay's a mess. I, I just got to say, they, they don't yeah, have they an are. identity. They can't get open. And I'm calling right now. I think, I, I think my man, you like that. Kirk Cousins and the Redskins are going to beat the Packers. So that's the 4-5 matchup on Sunday. The 3-6, this is a rematch of a couple of weeks ago where Seattle went to Minnesota and gave them the wood behind the bench. So the Seahawks, who are very hot, took care of the Cardinals 36-6, who weren't really trying, I don't think. Um, the Seahawks go to Minnesota, and the one-two is the Panthers and the Cardinals. Cardinals are probably happy because they dodged the bullet of playing Seattle until the championship. But what, what's your feel on sort of the three-six, four-five, and the potential of, of these these games this weekend? I agree with what you said. Packers are a mess, but you know what? I'd rather be a mess and play Minnesota knows me too well, and Seattle is punching everybody in the nose. So I'd rather play Washington. So in some ways, yeah. Green Bay got the best matchup possible in that wild card weekend. Yeah. Seattle, like I told you, was going to give Arizona the business, and they gave Arizona the business. Now, Arizona may have been checked out, but they shouldn't have been because they right. they had a chance. But right? Tampa wasn't going to lose. I don't think they had much to play for. Tampa was not going to, you know, beat Carolina. And right, I think they knew that. Still, that's still, you know, you the big bad wolf. If you're going to the Super Bowl, you got to show the big bad wolf that you're ready. That you're no, ready no, Bruce Arians, you know what he said out here? He said in his press conference and on the radio today, he said, look, maybe they were reading too many of the press clippings. The New York Times had the article that they're the most balanced and best team in the NFL and Everybody's doing interviews, and maybe they needed, you know, to not win 10 in a row like the Chiefs and to sort of get slapped in the face before the playoffs to sort of, 
you know, resmell themselves and, and, and start all over. So, you know, maybe it's a good thing. They stayed healthy. You smell me? And that's what's smell really me? important. Yeah, you, you smell me? And Larry scored again. If nothing else, how about the how about the season for Larry Fitzgerald? I mean, amazing season for Fitz, man. He set a, a record. over there. Paul said he broke Leon. his own record from ten years ago for receptions. I mean, that's that's impressive. Boy, but did you hear the the seasons that Cameron Newton and Russell Wilson's put up? Russell Wilson over four thousand yards, over five hundred rushing yards, and thirty touchdowns to pass David Craig for the franchise record. No quarterback's ever done that. That's crazy. And that's without an offensive line to speak of. Oh, without and without Jimmy, Jimmy Graham, Graham, without, without Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. You, he, Ray, he could be top three easily in the MVP voting. Russell Wilson had an amazing season. And on top of that, Cam Newton, if he does win MVP, joins two other men to only do this. MVP, Heisman, and the number one pick. Cam Newton, Orenthal James. Orenthal. Okay. Who and and third? wait, uh, and who? Oh gosh, I heard it this morning. It's coming out of my head. It was the Heisman number one. I know Manning was one of them, but he didn't win the Heisman. And uh, it was another running back. I have to think on it for a second. But it's one of three guys. That's crazy. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that is so, crazy. So we'll but all see. in all, a great um, season in the NFL. I gotta say, very excited. You know, I get a little depressed this time of year because it's over it is from sad. a regular season perspective. Fantasy's over. It's all about yeah. the Super Bowl and the and, and the you know the path to the Super Bowl, which is great. Playoffs, you know, <laughs> exactly. Playoffs, but you know, I get a little depressed. I get a little depressed. It's 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 upsetting. Well. I got something to sort of, before we get to college football, to make you not depressed. And it's a new segment called On the Rise. And we'll go one for one. We each have three players that we think are going to sort of step up and get to new heights for next season. And they're players who had great seasons and on the rise. But real quick, I just want to ask you this, because th- this will get you a little excited. You don't give, you have to give me your pick, but who, you, who right now would be your top three? We'll do it on our NFL award show, but who's your top three for MVP? Oh, for an MVP this past season? Yeah, for I NFL. NFL yeah. You know, it's funny because I would have – Given Devontae Freeman a lot of love until he got hurt. So up until three, four oh, weeks yeah, ago, yeah. he was up there in the top three. But I got to think it's quarterbacks all the way. I got to think it's Cam Newton, yeah. uh, Tom Brady. And another guy that got hurt was Andy Dalton. He would have been in the top three or four. Carson Palmer, maybe maybe those three right there. The three. It's a quarterback league, and these three quarterbacks really dominated. So maybe so I don't know about you, the order, you would have, but I would say those three. Yeah, you would have Carson, though. Let's say Andy's dropped out, but you would have Carson, Brady, and Cam, and you would have Russell probably at four. Yeah, Russell I would have Russell at four season. only because his okay, MVP yeah. is a second-half MVP. right? He In the first half, he didn't play great, but he played phenomenal in the second half of the yeah. season, and specifically the last six, six or seven games. So, But over the course of a full season – Carson Palmer's been more consistent. Oh, he's been amazing. Excellent. You know what I mean? Cam Newton, of course. Well, that was my comeback player of the year. Carson, uh, you know, you'd have to say between Carson, Navarro Bowman, and Eric Berry, they all three could get it. You know, you might give it to Eric Berry just for the emotional part of it because what he overcame, but those two guys had serious injuries too. 
You know? Sure, so, sure, sure. All right, so let's start. I'm, I'm going to start it off. I'm going to give you my first guy. And to me, I think in a situation and an organization that's in total upheaval and they made some moves and this and that, I think the Cleveland Browns have found a gem. And in Johnny Manziel? He, it's not. It's somebody who is <laughs> in his, believe it or not, his eighth season from Louisville. And I had no idea he's played this long, didn't even know, you know, where the heck he came from, nothing. A fifth-round pick, you know, back in 08. He's 6'6", 250, and he is probably the fantasy pickup of the year. His name is Gary Barnage. No relation to G-Money. Yeah, G.B. Smooth, we have to call him that. But he's had 79 receptions. 1,043 yards, nine touchdowns. Now, his career, he's only got, bless you, he's only got 12 his whole career. And so in this season, he basically outproduced all of his other career numbers. And I got to tell you, I think if they could ever get Gordon back, and we just don't even know if that will happen, but whoever the new coach is, and whoever the new quarterback is, and if it's Lynch or Goff, they will be happy to know they've got a tight end to throw to. And I'll say this, Gary Barnage, to me, is going to be a top, I'll say, three or four tight end, I mean, top five tight end next year in fantasy football. I think he's he that type of new, dude. You know, Jay Novacek or, or who's a, he's, you know, he's Antonio, something. maybe he's Antonio Gates. I don't know what he is, but he's, he's doing he's big something. things. But he's definitely my first candidate for On the Rise. So hit me wow. with who you got. So I got two receivers, but you know what? I'll try. I'll, I'll give you one because this cat, uh, I was going to say Alan Ro- I'm sorry, Alan Hearns because, you know, Alan Robinson gets all the love over there. In, uh, They're both in, on the rise. Yeah, yeah in Jacksonville, <laughs> sorry, but they are both on the rise. But I'm going to say, so so put him in the back of your mind, but I'm going to say Doriel Green Beckham. So if we're going to go wow. cats with potential, I'm going to say this cat is potential. He didn't blow you away. He got a little hurt, so he had 32 receptions but he averaged 17 to a catch. He had four touchdowns. But this guy has something special. He's a big kid. He's 6'5", almost 240. And he's got hands. He's got speed. If he gets his head together, Marcus Mariota. He's got a quarterback. <laughs> and if you give him, right, he's got a quarterback. If you give him a Chip Kelly, a Sean Payton, an offensive-minded Ooh. head coach, Watch out for Doriel Green Beckham. You can't teach size, and I look for him to have a Kelvin Benjamin-type season next year where he's just bigger and stronger, and he becomes a red zone target in Tennessee because, you know, that running back, they thought Bishop Sankey was the answer. Then they then they bring the kid Andrews in. They really don't have a solid running game. The, the tight end, you know, tight end is decent over there, uh, but I, I really think he, it's his – Goal line, his physical stature. I think he, he's good for a thousand yards and, and eight or nine touchdowns next year. I like Doriel Green Beckham in Tennessee. Okay, well, my guy, you know, he's probably a little surprising to you because he had such a great season. But the last two years in his third year, he he 
he was more hype. He's out of Clemson with all those great Clemson receivers, but he hadn't really done much and stepped up the way he needed to. And I'm talking about 6'1", 218, DeAndre Hopkins. Because where I think he's headed to is a top five receiver in the NFL. You can throw he's him in there. He's not there already. De- De- well, uh, he's got to do it consistently. Yeah, so, no, but okay. he's got to do it consistently. So he had 111 receptions getting the ball thrown to him from Hoyer, Mallet, TJ Yates, anybody's play cousin, 1,521 yards and 11 touchdowns. Now, this guy only has 19 touchdowns in his whole career. And remember, he was sharing the limelight with Andre Johnson. I think what we're going to see is in fantasy football, he's going to be a top 20 pick. People are going to say, you know what? He cannot be stopped. He is clearly the number one. He's not sharing the love with anybody, and I have to have him on my fantasy team. And to me, I think he's going to have a big playoff game, but the matchup of him and Marcus Peters is going to be a showdown for NFL fans. Woof. You talk about a top corner and a top receiver, so get ready. Get your popcorn ready on week one of the playoffs. KC. Texans and DeAndre Hopkins is my guy on the rise, and I think next year he is definitely a fantasy stud and a top five receiver in the NFL. Okay. I got a guy who may not be as lofty, but I like to take the guys a little bit under the radar screen. He was the number nine pick overall or ten out of North Carolina a couple years ago. Tight end mm-hmm. for the Detroit Lions, and his name is Eric Ooh. Ebron. He caught thirty-five. He caught sorry. He caught twenty-five passes two years ago. He caught forty-seven passes this year. So he was forty-seven for five thirty-seven and five touchdowns. So not bad numbers playing in Detroit. And I don't know what happened to Matthew Stafford, but Matthew Stafford to me is still an elite thrower of the ball. He may not be an elite quarterback, oh, yes. but he's still an elite thrower. And he's kind of like the Jay Cutler of the world. All the physical skills. Don't know what happened to him this year. He's a 5,000-yard passer. And I don't know He needs more O-line. More O-line. That's all. But anyway, so Eric Ebron, my boy, a tight end in that offense with Golden Tate and Calvin Johnson. Again, Calvin's hurt, but a healthy Calvin Johnson, a healthy Golden Tate on the outside. And if Amir Abdullah can do things and and Joyke Bell and that little rotation that they have at running back, Eric Ebron up the middle – is going to do some big things next year. Okay. I, I like that. He's definitely had the clippings and the talent. Now he just needs to turn it into something. And this guy, my final guy, had to go with a quarterback because this guy did not get the love. He was a fourth-round pick in 2012. It seems so long ago. And he was not promised anything, not even playing time, nothing. But the Michigan State 6'3", 202-pound gentleman has a coach now that believes in him, gave him the starting reins from day one. He's put Colt McCoy and RG3 behind him, and I'm talking about none other than, you like that, you like that, Kirk Cousins, my Uh main man who are picking the win over the Packers and the great Aaron Rodgers. In the first round of the playoffs, he had a 101.6 quarterback rating, 
which is, I mean, really big for him because his career is 91.3. He threw, get this, 4,168 yards, 66 yards. He was in the top, I think he was in top seven. So he was up there, top eight, 29 touchdowns. Now, he's only got 47 touchdowns on his career, so this was it. He's got over 7,000 yards in his career, but he is now the man. What I love about this kid, to me, Ray, I think he, I think he's ready. I think he's ready to turn the corner. I think the Redskins have found their guy, and he's going to have more confidence in the fact that they're going to continue to develop Matt Jones and the offensive line, and they'll have a running game. And he's got the weapons. I think they'll get him one more receiver, Garcon and Jackson, health and consistency. But he's got Jordan Reed, who, along with Gary Barners, Delaney Walker, Graham and Gronk and whatever, are like the top tight ends in the NFL. And Jordan Reed, to me, he doesn't have to play second fiddle to anybody. He's a monster. So Kirk Cousins is my guy on the rise, leading the Redskins to the NFC East division title and a playoff victory. How about that? Playoffs? Playoffs? That's a good – that's a good – I like that one. I'm going to give you one that may be a little bit – I don't say controversial, but I think he's a stud potential. Ron Stud? Like my man Ron, not Ron Mexico, but Ron Studd. And he just happens to be in the wrong place. So he might have to get traded to really Mm. blow up and and show everybody what he's got. But I really like this rookie running back out of Florida State, Carlos Williams. Now, I like like LaShawn McCoy more. (laughs) But if you talk about up-and-comers at the running back position, I think he's really, really good. He's 6'1", 230s, big but he's got some moves. You can get him the ball in the open field. He can catch. He can run. And this guy caught seven. I mean, he he ran for seven touchdowns this year. He caught 11 balls, had a couple more touchdowns. So he had nine touchdowns this year. And he didn't even play that much. How about the Florida State running backs? Him, Freeman, Dalvin Cook, still in Florida State? That's impressive. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And – this guy, like I said, his only issue is that he plays in the same backfield as LaShawn McCoy. But you know what? They'll find a way to work both of them in. And obviously LaShawn McCoy's better, and LaShawn McCoy's in you know, really the prime of his career as long as he stays healthy. But I like this kid, Carlos Williams. I mean, he's the type of guy that I would – you know what it's like? It's like back in the days in San Diego when they had LaDainian mm. Tomlinson and then we had the little butterball. What was his name? Michael uh, Turner. Michael Turner, Michael Turner, the burner. Yeah, the and burner. And they had yeah. to let Michael Turner go, and they traded him to Atlanta, and he ended up doing big things in Atlanta. And I think the same is going to happen for Carlos Williams, either in Buffalo or somewhere else. But this guy, this guy has the potential to be really, really good. I totally agree, and I think that's a great one. And he's got a bright future. So speaking of the future and the college – Let's talk about it. The ratings were down, but the games were blowouts. But, you you know, you can't do it, and they're doing it again next year. But then the year after that will be New Year's Day. The college football playoff semifinals should not be on New Year's Eve, but it was. And in the first game, I think we both picked Oklahoma, but I think we realized and we, we knew it, but we just – I don't know if we were scared to pick it or we just thought they were so balanced. But Deshaun Watson is – he's special. 
and him and McCafferty and Fournette, the three of them will be in the Heisman running for next year. We already know that. And I think Deshaun Watson is a future NFL quarterback. He has that it factor. He can run. He can pass. He's only going to get better. He's got a little Cam Newton in him just without the size. And, Ray, I was so impressed with their defense. Now, look, Oklahoma had some injuries in the game. But at the end of the day, after both running backs got hurt, it was just too much. But I think their defense is is, is on fire right now. They're playing some great defense. And I think Dabo Sweeney is a heck of a coach. Great recruiter, but a heck of a coach. Those kids played for him. And to me, I was impressed. I thought Oklahoma would win the game. There's, there's not much I can say except for I tip my hat to the number one team who has a chance to legitimately be 15-0. and 0. What were your thoughts in that game? Because if you don't know, Dabo... And he tried that fake field goal. and he, Oh, wow. incredible. I, I tell you what. You know what? I think I blame you. Because you talked no. me into Oklahoma being a really good and well-balanced team. And they are. And they are. So, you know, I make my own fix. But you, you were, you were yeah. saying it all year. And it's I hyped, true. I hyped them up. And they were good. You hyped them up. But you know what? Baker Mayfield is really special. And he'll be fine. Yeah. He'll bounce back and be really good. Now, did you hear he's fighting for another – he has one year of eligibility, but I think he was fighting for two because of, of the walk-on and he left where he was before Texas something. Did you hear about that? I don't know. No, they're they're, no, they're still, like, that. debating. Yeah, there's some wow, question they, about they if he has a year. Two years, that'd be, pretty, that'd be pretty great. Right. Yeah, no. So we'll see. But, no, but I think ahead. ultimately, you know, we, we kind of underestimate how good Clemson is because we – don't really look at the ACC as being so great, especially because Florida State is uh, more top-heavy. Yeah. yeah, they're a little top-heavy. But give them credit. Give them credit. And you know what? They will make for an interesting matchup against Alabama. I mean, we, we don't really need to talk about the 38 nothing game between Michigan State and Alabama, except to say that Alabama won. And Roll they, Tide. Roll Tide and your boy Coker. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> exactly. That, but really that was a whooping, good. though, Ray. Be be honest. Neither one of us thought Michigan State would get dominated no, like that. No, I was no, disappointed was in Connor Cook. But it shows me, and I said this before the season, and I think we both felt it, but Nick Saban had the best defensive line he's ever had and maybe the best front seven he's ever had and his rotation on the line. He's got – guys coming off that bench in the defensive line that are getting a 10, 11 sacks and getting to the quarterback too. It's incredible. But we know that running quarterbacks, dual threat quarterbacks give Bama a little bit of trouble. So that's the one, you know, shining hope for Clemson and ACC fans. Ken Watson can he do enough? Now, but look, if they have no running game like they did against Oklahoma in the first half, that's not going to fly against our, uh, Alabama. That will not fly. Yeah. Watson can't do it all by himself, which he was Superman against Oklahoma. He's going to need some help from that running game, and I, I wonder if they could run on Bama's defensive line, you know? Yeah, I don't know if we'll see that. Guys. I yeah. mean, let him We'll preview it and we'll predict it next Monday for the championship. But let's talk about some of these other games, some of these great performances. 
you know, we briefly talked about those, you know, the Heisman guys. How about Leonard Fournette with the five touchdowns, 56 uh, points from LSU over Texas Tech, and then Christian McCaffrey. I know you threw out a tweet on him. How impressed were you with that kid? And I told you, Stanford, to me, they should have been in that game against Bama instead of Michigan State. I really believe that they, they will be ranked number three, and Stanford is the third best team in the country. Well, Ohio State might have something to say about that. Okay, I mean, three or four, but you could. You I could, hear you. No, no, I, I hear there. you. It, it came down to that. And, and you know what? Michigan State was a bit of a sham because they really should have lost to Michigan. And if they yep. had lost to Michigan, the chips would have they fallen a little bit differently, right? Yeah. This kid, Christian McCaffrey, the one oh. thing I'm most <laughs> happy about is was that it 368 total yards? Yes. 368, 368 though. That's, That's a ridiculous. record. You know what? You know, let me give you Keith Jackson. That's the granddaddy of them all. That them means all. that they've been playing this game for over 100 years, and he has the most all-purpose yards. And the great thing about it, he's a true sophomore. So he'll be back next year. Incredible. And he's just a pleasure to watch. A pleasure to watch. You know, I hope Did you hear he that he gets the speed? The NFL. But did you hear he gets the speed from his mama's side of the family? The mother's father was an Olympic runner. So forget oh, the McCaffrey really? side. The mother played soccer for Stanford, and her pops uh, was a sprinter. Oh, I love it. Really? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, man. Love so it. he's got the juice from both sides. This kid is a beast, yo. He, he, he's just he's the real deal. He's the real deal, and I think that, that that him alone might keep David Shaw there for another two years. You know, <laughs> wow! If you can coach this kid, yeah, but you got to tell him to go pro next year. I mean, you you take too many hits as a well, running Ray, back. He's so good though. He's keeping Barry Sanders Jr. on the bench, and he looks like he he he's got talent as well. That's Barry how good McCaffrey is. Junior. And isn't it funny That's that he's crazy. breaking Barry Sanders' record? For, yes. <laughs> you know, all-purpose yards, and all his purpose son yards. is the guy he's given the Heisman to, keeping him on the bench. Uh, amazing. Other quick notes: Baylor took care of UNC. Thought that was impressive. Ohio State put it on Notre Dame in the second half. That without was really impressive. Joey Bosa. But, well, without Joey Bosa, and you know what? I think Joey Bosa will probably be the number one pick with the Titans. By the way, that was a ridiculous call. Uh, I, I think you yes, could give him a penalty, but you can't throw somebody out of the game for that. That wasn't blatant. Totally agree with you. Uh, this, is, this is football at the end of the day. That's what a penalty is for. You don't throw somebody out of a bowl game for that hit. How impressed were you with Gary Patterson? And TCU without their man Boykin, who messed up, and I think he'll have to come back and play another season so he can get drafted, or at least make sure his draft stock is legit. I don't think he's going to rank with the top three or four quarterbacks this year. How impressed were you with TCU and what they did to come back against Oregon and Vernon Adams? You know what? You couldn't be more (laughs) impressed. I mean, I wrote in a tweet that this might be – one of the top ten, it might be one of the top five comebacks, you know, of all time. I mean, think about this. Fifth-year senior who gets the keys to the Cadillac on Thursday afternoon. Last minute. <laughs> Last because minute. Boykin gets arrested because Boykin gets arrested on Thursday morning. We won't even get into that. Josh yeah. Doxson isn't in the game because he broke his hand yeah. three, four weeks ago. Yeah. So, you don't have yeah, your all-American number... wide receiver, your Heisman Trophy 
you know, candidate. You're a fifth-year senior. So, yeah, you know the offense, you know the program, but you had like 40 passes your whole career. And you, you get the played? keys. And you get the keys on Thursday. So, Incredible. and oh, 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 by the way, you're down 31 nothing <laughs> to arguably the best offensive team in the last decade. Yeah. So, and they're Gary rolling. Madison changes his jersey. <laughs> you heard that? He changes his mock neck. And yeah. he goes out there and they proceed to win. So, Unbelievable cool. 47 41. That, that's and props to the defense for holding them to 10 points in the second half and all that. That, yeah, that was impressive, too. That was fun. I mean, I, you know, there were some great bowl games. I mean, look, the West Virginia Arizona State game was entertaining, 43 42. You know, yeah, you had some fun games. I haven't looked at the overall standings, but the SEC has been pretty dominant. You know, it looks like only Florida got their butts kicked. Georgia won. Arkansas won. Tennessee won. Ole Miss won. Mississippi State won. Alabama won. So the SEC pretty much, they showed out. You know what I mean? Yes, they definitely sure. showed out. That Ole Miss win over Oklahoma State was very impressive. Uh, I think Chad Kelly and the Ole Miss team, they, they, they look like they're ready to, you know. Look, they, a lot of their guys are going to graduate, but – you know, look, Treadwell was a beast in that game. You know, you got a couple guys going to the NFL that are really going to be some some great players. And I think the Pac-12 showed themselves pretty good. You know, um, there was a couple of you know good wins from I think Washington State, Stanford, a couple of teams. Michigan beat Florida though. The SEC oh, took it hard. Washington, the Big Ten stepped 41 up. Forty-one to seven. And Harbaugh is uh, he's uh, I think he's uh, you know up there in recruiting. You know, top ten overall overall recruiting class. I think he's second or third in the Big Ten. So he'll they'll be back strong. And I think college football is in a good place. Like I said, the ratings were down, but Ray, you, you can't you can't try to change the paradigm and think you're going to make a new tradition and think that people are going to really. You know, West Coast people, yeah, we can watch the games. But East Coast people, they're making plans and going out if they're staying home. Still, husbands have to, if they're staying home with the family, negotiate, you know, on New Year's Eve to be like, look, can we watch the games and not do family stuff or what the wife wants to watch? It's hard. We had a little party. Think, I had to tell you, it was tough, man. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was fighting to get to, to get my TV viewing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's just uncomfortable. It would have been perfect, Ray, January 2nd on Saturday to have the semi, the playoffs stand alone. Why, well, you know, why not? That was almost an empty day in terms of, I mean, it yeah. was basketball, and we'll talk basketball. It was just Oregon TCU yeah. Saturday night. You know, you had that perfect. New Year's Day could have been New Year's Day, and then the playoff, you know, and, and I just think it's wrong, and they, they shouldn't even do that again next year. It's a, it's a bad mistake. So a couple minutes left. Let's talk about it because we got number one and number two playing tonight. This is the top five, uh, you know, that I thought it would be. I kind of predicted it, and it was. It's Kansas one, Oklahoma two, my Terps three, Virginia four, Michigan State after their loss, and then they did bounce back and win. They dropped down to five. The Tar Heels are six. Arizona, who had a nice win. I don't know if you saw Bobby Hurley got kicked out of the game. Arizona, Arizona <laughs> State in that little rivalry game. They're seven. Number eight, Providence. Quiet is kept. Shh. Providence is putting up a good season. They've got some good freshmen, good team. Kentucky, nine. We'll talk about them in a minute. And Xavier, ten. I'm fascinated 
obviously tonight to see Buddy Hill, who took care of Iowa State over the weekend in Oklahoma against Kansas. To me, Kansas has, you know, a ton of depth. You know, you've got all those guys that came back that didn't go out last year from the Kansas team, and Oklahoma's got some veteran, you know, players too. But tomorrow for Super Tuesday, we have the super-duper freshman number one pick, Ben Simmons, going up against Kentucky at home. You know, we're starting conference play. Kentucky's got potentially three first-rounders, maybe four guys drafted again. What do you think is going to happen, Ben Simmons, in his second SEC game, but a big one that he needs to win? Because LSU has been struggling. They, I think, what, 7-5 and five or 8-5 and five now? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> this Kentucky team is a little unpredictable. But I, I just look at this LSU team, and I'm thinking to myself, they were able to land the number one recruit in the land, but they're just not that good. I mean, you look at this team, and they make mistakes after mistakes, and they just they look like a team that has a lot of work to do before March if they want to do anything, even make the tournament. Well, Ben Simmons so, also has to be more selfish. He's got to he can he can't shoot, but he can play point forward, and I think he's got to get the other players their shots. I had two players that were uh, sort of I guess on academic stuff that just came back, so they're on their third game working themselves in the lineup. But it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if they pulled out that Vanderbilt game the other night or if they lost it, but they've got to really turn their season around, and I think. But the home crowd against Kentucky, I think that's the game to do it. I think they might pull the upset. I think it's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens. I want to ask you about your tonight. I know, but I want to ask you about your boys. Your boys, uh, the 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 coach um, from Arizona, his brother. They've been in the tournament the last couple of years. Dayton has found themselves back in the top twenty-five. The Dayton Flyers Miller. at eleven and two. Yeah. Yeah, the Miller brothers. So I, I think that's kind of cool. We see Pitt in the bottom, uh, Connecticut. Uh, I'm kind of excited. I think conference play gets people hyped up. Now, they get ranked for the first time. They haven't played anybody. But do you think a 13-0 and South Carolina, do you think a team like that in the SEC is for real? You know what? i got to be honest. I haven't seen them live. Yeah. I've seen some clips. But uh... – Look, the SEC is there for the taking, and Kentucky is not the Kentucky of old, right? They're the number 10-ranked right. team in the nation. Tyler Ulysses is, is not quite the leader that, you know, John Calipari probably needs right now with that young team. They don't and have – And the big Haitian kid, potential number two pick, has not stepped up. Uh, what's his name? Sebastian Lavier yeah, or whatever? Lucier, yeah, yeah. Lucier, but, but, yeah. But he's – He's decent, but they don't have that outstanding talent, right? They don't have right now that DeMarcus Cousins, that, right. you know, Anthony Davis. But do you believe in Briscoe and Murray? You saw them up close. They've got talent, right? Murray and they're, Briscoe can boogie a little. They're talented, and they're decent players, but they're not good enough right now to carry all those freshmen and sophomores. And, you know, Alex Poitras is, is – is the guy you would perfect hope six would man, that. yeah. But he's not, yeah. you know, he's he's just a, a very good athletic role player. 
Um, so you look at this team and you're like, who's the leader? Who's the Anthony Davis? Who right. is the Tyreek Evans? Who's the John Wall? Who's the John who's Wall? The yeah. You know, it's just right. not there. The, the Derek Rose, you know, even going back to the Memphis days. Yeah. They just don't have that transcendent talent. So then you look to the point guard, and then you say, okay, Tyler Ulis is good, and I like his game, but he's so small, and I don't know that he has that impact on the game. So this is not the Kentucky teams we're used to. And a lot of people are saying Texas A&M, quiet is kept, uh, at 21 in the country, 11-2, could be the best team in the SEC. So we'll see how it plays out. We'll definitely see how it plays out. Either way, man, you got to be hyped up because it's that time of year. You got Duke at 14, Iowa State. How about Miami moving up to 12? It's going to be fun. It's definitely going to be fun. Yeah, you know, March is right around the corner, and it reminds you that spring is almost – you can almost see it. You know, we just started winter, (laughs) but, you know, March is right there. I can see it. I can smell it. Oh, it was and, cold and rainy out here in Arizona today, oh, so I'm ready for some here warmer too. weather. By the way, we had the warmest <laughs> November and the warmest December on record. I in, bet you did. In the Northeast. It's been warmer in New York than New it York. has been in Arizona. That's crazy. That's crazy, that Ray. Crazy. That's so, crazy. look, Friday we'll be back hitting it hard, getting busy, predicting the playoffs. It is that time of year. You know, our Super Bowl picks are, are kind of ruined. You had the Colts. Who did you have, Colts and who? Colts and Packers? Colts. Did you have? Or Col- yeah. no, Colts and Seahawks, I think you had. Colts and, sorry, Colts and Seahawks, yep. Okay, and I had Eagles and Steelers, so we each have one team. I think if you combine our picks, Seahawks and Steelers, the number six seeds, that <laughs> – that could be kind of nice, right? That could be. How about that? Two number six seeds could be two of the most dangerous teams in the playoffs. Oof. The way the Patriots are banged up, and you're not sure about either quarterback with Denver, you got to be liking Big Ben in that offense, man. You, you know you, what? You really do. Not only do you like Big Ben, but you're not scared of anybody. Denver's beatable. New England's beatable. Uh, even Carolina at fifteen and one is beatable. So this is really a season damn. where you can honestly look at yourself and oh, say we've got damn. as good a chance as anybody. Just make the dance. Think of yourself as the two thousand and thirteen. Who was that? The Kemba Walker UConn team. You know, yeah. <laughs> just win, oh, yeah. baby. You just get in just the win, dance. Win, baby. Just get in. Oh, and props to Charles Woodson, retiring Hall of Famer. You know, he had a great, great uh, season and stuff. So, listen, it was a great show, and we'll be back Friday, and Happy New Year. Enjoy the sports week. Have a great sports week. We'll see you on Friday.